Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. It's me, your colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. freaking Aaron Wiseman, and I am just elated to be here with you on another episode. I'm talking with Dr. Jessie Away. Her topic is remembering who we are. I got to know Dr. Way through LinkedIn. We connected through there, and then she was so amazing, she sent me her book, that is coming out this winter, Physician, Care for Thyself. We talk about that in this episode. We talk about joy, inner playfulness, laugh, worthiness, all sorts of wonderful things. But before we get into the conversation, I just want to drop this in your ear. Have you attended a Be Happy Now masterclass with me? That's right. I love talking so very much (laughs) in addition to the podcast On Sunday afternoons, the last Sunday of the month, I've been doing this free class so that we can all be happy now. In October's theme about being happy, we're going to talk about boundaries because girls, women, men, we need them. We need to learn them better. We need to know how to hold them. We need to know when it's okay to compromise on them. And we need to start infiltrating those all into our lives. So check in the show notes. You can sign up for the masterclass. Be happy now. I'd love to have you. I'd love to hang out with you in real life. It's still one of my hashtag 2020 goals is to meet all of my listeners. So I just want to encourage you to do that. Okay, well, let's hurry up and get into the conversation and then stick around afterwards for my kick of encouragement. Here we go. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Jessica Way. It's great to have you here, friend. So good to be here. All right. Well, tell the people out in podcasting world a little bit about yourself and the special magic that you're bringing into the world. Well, uh, my name is Dr. Jessie Way, and I trained conventionally as an OBGYN, and I really, really loved my job. And so I practiced as a private OBGYN for 13 years, and... While I really loved my job and I felt really privileged to do what I did as an OBGYN during that time, you know, I had some personal things going on in my life. I got divorced. I became a single mom. And I'm a particularly sensitive person, so I don't sleep very easily. So as an OBGYN, not sleeping (laughs) very well, I began to get... burned out. But not only that, I started to develop a pretty serious depression and anxiety. And so on my own quest to figure out what to do for myself, I started exploring something called functional medicine. And and functional medicine merely means to get to the root cause of why you're having the symptoms that you're having. And that started for me back way in 2007 when I read a book by Dr. Mark Hyman called Ultrametabolism. And I began to be more and more curious about what the underpinnings of true health were. And so when I returned to my practice with the things that I knew, I thought, oh, you know, maybe I'm not quite doing right by my patients, you know, because this thing that I learned in conventional medicine about coming up with a diagnosis and, you know, giving medication or doing a procedure or surgery, maybe that's not quite serving patients. So to that end, I uh, completed a fellowship in integrative medicine and eventually became certified in something called functional medicine. And I left my practice in May of 2016. 
and established my own functional medicine practice. And then because sometimes we do what we always do, I burned out again. So I closed that practice in December of this past year and just in time to hibernate and rest with the rest of the world. And now I'm going to be working in a new telehealth functional medicine platform with a company called Evolved Health. So that's kind of a brief uh, journey of of my work life. <laughs> well, and I love that too, because it shows like the whole evolution. I just appreciate your authenticity about like, hey, I burned out and then I did it again. And hell, I might do it in the future, but I'm working really hard this time to like identify quicker. After I closed the practice, and which was, again, difficult to leave patients, it's, it's just, it's not an easy decision at any point to leave your job as a physician. And because not only do you devote so much of your time, energy, and money into training, you develop such close relationships with your patients. And that's the privilege of being a doctor is to be in your patient's lives in such a way that is so, so meaningful. So to do it a second time and leave behind another group of women that I had really gotten to know, it wasn't easy. And I knew that for me to really, really get into the space of, okay, Jesse Way is worthy just because Jesse Way is Jesse Way, not because Jesse Way is useful, not because Jesse Way is a physician, not because Jesse Way is a mother. Because Jesse Way is a human being like everyone else. And for me to learn that, because I'm so driven and stubborn, I actually needed to have no plans in my life. And that was really, really hard. <laughs> and though I merged out, really, I mean, kind of reborn and transformed because I really faced my inner demons like truly head on in terms of you know, my worthiness. So I'm re-entering as a clinician and physician from a much different place than I entered. Absolutely. And the phrase of words that we're going to talk around, which I think worthiness definitely comes into it, but the, the phrase we're going to talk on is remembering who we are. Yes. Tell me a little bit about why you picked that. I think that from, you know, when we're, when we're born and we're toddlers and children. We're joyful, you know, we know how to play and laugh. And then, you know, things happen, right? We become socialized, we learn rules, we go to school, and we start to forget that joy piece inside of us, right? We're very, and especially those of us who are very achievement driven, as I have been in my life, and I still am, you begin to really develop this belief that oh, I'm actually what I do and what, do I, what I achieve. And sometimes you lose touch with that inner joy and that, that playfulness. That's really who we are. You know, if I look at any human being, I, I want to be able to see that essence, you know. And as a physician, you know, we get it kind of, I hate to say it, but we get it kind of beaten out of us. You know, we, we go to college and then we go to medical school and we do a residency and it's such hard work. It's such hard, hard work. And it's to talk about stress. I mean, it's, it's really, it really pushes us out of alignment with ourselves. And it makes it so easy to forget about joy and play and laughter and all those things that make life worth living. And so for me in my personal life, and then for me with anybody I meet in my life, 
It's about reminding ourselves who we really are in our basic essence and that we are here to enjoy our lives and to be happy. And, you know, for me, I'm going to continue to do that for myself and then I'm going to continue to do it in every realm of my life to help people really remember that essence and core of who we are. And it's, you know, of course we have worries and concerns and we need to focus on those things. Of course we do. And always return to, you know, that real inner core of our inner, inner ground of who we are. Yeah, I think that's so important. And like you said, for you, that really like getting with those demons and sitting with them and and like finding that space, because that's been an area that's been so hard for me because of the beating out or pushing away or covering up. Like, no, 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 that's not what we're doing now. Right now we're doing HMPs in the ICU or, you know, <laughs> right. patients in the ER or right. you know, whatever type of thing. Tell me a little bit about your journey and how it was of you finding the who you are. Yeah, so I think in our lives when we we kind of move off course and become more and more separated from ourselves and and maybe even our, we're abandoning ourselves because we think we're doing something good for other people, that's going to show up as symptoms, okay? It's going to show up in our life as some kind of imbalance. And for me, for some people that shows up as, let's say, a heart attack or, you know, an autoimmune condition or cancer, for me, it showed up as pretty severe depression. I mean, and anxiety, but really severe depression. And, and what did I do? You know, I went to conventional psychiatrists and therapists and psychotherapists to address that while I was, you know, working on, you know, ungodly hours and separated from my kids and all this other things that I was dealing with. And, and never mind a nervous system that was just completely like on edge all the time from running to emergencies. And I was really I was really good at what I did, but in a way, maybe it would have served me better to not be as good at what I did because I was able to push and push and push and push until I couldn't really push anymore. And, you know, with the psychiatrist, she, she tried me on so many different medications. And the thing was, and something I write about in, in, a, in a book that I wrote was, is that, you know, when you're not asking the right questions, you can never reach the right answers, you know? And so, a diagnosis was made, medications were tried, and it turned out that at one point she, you know, she tried a medication that really didn't agree with me, and I became actively suicidal. And I mean, that was preceded by a year of a lot of difficulty because there was some, there was a lot of difficulty at work with the delivery and all the just different stresses of work. And so I ended up being hospitalized, voluntarily hospitalized for depression and actively really, I just became less and less engaging with my patients. I was completely quiet at home. I wasn't talking anymore. And finally, one day a friend said to me, you know, are you okay? And I hadn't been okay for quite some time. But I think when you're used to really pushing through and pushing through and showing up in a certain way, people don't actually realize you're not doing well, even though you're on the verge of, <laughs> of literally death, right? So I was hospitalized for, uh, for the depression and promptly medicated very, very heavily. And 
I was out of work for 12 weeks. I then struggled with complications from the medication and was hospitalized a year later in 2013 for a small bowel obstruction and finally just needed to come off medication completely because it wasn't the answer. Because even on medication, I was having panic attacks and still not feeling well. And, and so that together with taking care of my patients and seeing that people were getting less and less well each year really motivated me to figure out what is it that actually creates health and how do I personally move out of this life where I have been separated from myself, right? I I don't remember who I am. I'm depressed. I want to take my own life. I even want to separate myself from my kids. If I didn't have Ben and David, I may have been successful at some point, but I had my two sons who are now 16, 17, and I wasn't going to leave them. It was extremely painful and very difficult. And so slowly I began to crawl out and eventually I just decided that I needed to leave my conventional practice because I was, again, so out of alignment with myself and I just needed to practice medicine differently and I needed to pull myself out of you know, the, out of the trenches, really. I mean, being, as much as I loved what I did, being an OBGYN, being on labor and delivery, delivering babies, being in the operating room, all those things that I loved and was really good at, it, I was really not doing myself any favors because I couldn't, even if I wanted to change, I couldn't if I continued to keep myself in that survival mode place. And so that's why I eventually left my conventional practice. Yeah, I think that's so common for so many of us is like, we have to strip away those labels of who we say we are. Yes. So that we can really get down into the root of like who we actually are, whether those labels go off temporarily, or they go off permanently. I think it is really important to shed them. Mm Because like you said, so many times we've learned to put those up to say like, oh, I'm this or I'm that. And that's what gives me worth. That's what gives me value. That's what gives me love in this Mm -hmm. world. When we have to get back to the core and be like, no, I am loved. I am valuable. I am worthy because of just who I am. That's right. That's right. Because when we leave ourselves in that way, when we kind of abandon ourselves in that way and we forget who we are, then we try to control our external circumstances all the time. And we as doctors, we're kind of trained that way, right? Like we're really trained that we can control those external circumstances. And and to a certain degree, we can. But then it leads to this kind of perfectionism where then you you need to do things right all the time to reinforce that identity of being physician and one who doesn't make mistakes and one who's always on. And and it just becomes a conundrum and a, a tr- real trap because ultimately we don't have, you know, perfect control over anything, you know? And so if we don't have this established ground within ourselves of our intrinsic worthiness, then we're going to be subject to being pushed around and and knocked out of alignment over and over and over again. And that to our inner being doesn't feel good. And that's what leads to depression and anxiety and all kinds of illness because we're forgetting how to take care of ourselves, forgetting who we are. 
Right. You know, the other thing, too, when it comes to, like, finding who, like, inside, like, that authentic little spark of what makes each of us us, for mm-hmm. me, has also been the fact of giving myself permission of the women I used to be has changed. Mm-hmm. And, yes. and rediscovering, like, who is it the woman that I am now? Yes. And then also acknowledging and giving myself the permission to change in the future. Oh, for sure. But I mean, that's been a really big point for me is because, again, like stuck in that very like perfectionistic, hardcore state of like, this is how it's always going to be. I have always been a worker. I will always be a worker. I will always <laughs> kill myself. <laughs> that permission to change, both letting go of what's in the past and also permission to change towards what's coming in the future has been really essential to me to understanding like who I am without the labels. Absolutely. And that's just the fact of life, right? Things are always changing, as we all well know. And I mean, it doesn't take a pandemic for us to, it, maybe it does take a pandemic for us to understand really the reality of uncertainty and per, impermanence in our lives, that things are always changing, things are always uncertain. It just feels much more frightening right now for very good reason. But yeah, that's when we can embrace that change and that growth and the excitement of that, even though there's uncertainty in there and that can be really scary. Wow. When you can move forward in that direction and continue to grow as, as you've described, it feels really great. <laughs> what would you say to the woman who's listening right now and who's hearing us talk and thinking, I don't even know who I am. And I hear them saying these words and I hear, you know, Dr. Way saying how she like changed and like figure that out and how Aaron talks about coaching and that helps. But what would you say to her who's like, I don't even know? It's a really good question. I've thought about that a lot. And I'll, I take myself back to where I, I had been. And I'd say, first of all, that it's a process and you begin by simply being curious about where you are. And a lot of times that means having the courage to give your, to slow down, which is like in this culture, like slow down, what? And to someone who's very driven in their lives and has 10 quadrillion things going on in their lives, it's like slow down. And yet, even if it's just for five to 10 minutes in your day for yourself, slow down check in as much as you can. It may be at first you're not even able to check in. Like, what do you mean check in? Because you ha- you're not used to it. That muscle is so underused now, right? It's all about paying attention to the external world and to other people's needs and what I need to do for other people. What do you mean check in with myself? But it's just to start to have a, like even the tiniest practice of starting to tune in to what you really need. And again, it may take years. It really, for me, it's an, a continuing <laughs> process of, of getting through the layers of, of, all of all of the things that might have been heaped up on top of that young Jesse, right, who is like running around playing and, and really laughing, like so many things laid on top of her, right? And so be aware and be gentle with yourself that you too are probably underneath so many layers of responsibility and beliefs about who you are. And it's going to take some time to uncover all of that. 
And so be patient with yourself, even if what we're talking about seems like so unfamiliar and so far away and maybe even impossible. Believe me, I've been there. Remember, I'm the woman who got, was hospitalized for depression. I mean, I wanted to leave this life, you know, and, and now through my own process of moving through and slowly uncovering the layers and slowing down and being quiet and tuning in, I am in a place where I just couldn't have imagined. And if you had said to me, you know, back in 2012, when I was hospitalized for the depression, that I was going to be this generally happy, smiley, joyful person, I'd say, what are you talking about? So I'd say the first step is just to give yourself some space, even if it's just five or 10 minutes in your day, and it might be at the very start of your day, and just kind of just tune in, maybe journal a little bit, write down a little bit about just how you're feeling. Just write down about how you're feeling first. And then step by step, things will evolve and unfold. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, most recently, I know you wrote and published a book about your personal journey. And this whole thing about the darkness of depression and burnout when you were practicing. And you sent me a copy called Physician Care for Yourself. And that it's currently in electronic form and on Audible and the print is due out in December. Do you care to talk a little bit about the experience of like sharing all your stuff? (laughs) (laughs) So this book came into being last year. I mean, last spring, I didn't even know I was writing a book. And then (laughs) I uh, decided that I wanted to write. Initially, I thought I was going to write a book about functional medicine. And then it turned into something else, which was to talk about, well, how did I make the decision to leave conventional medicine and establish my own holistic care practice? And so part of that was to talk about the burnout, talk about the depression, just as what I was saying before, to kind of lead into, well, how did I, how did I do it? Like, how did I make the decision to leave my job? How did I train myself? How did I move into a place of remembering who I am and realigning. And it's a constant process because we get knocked off a little bit and we come back and we get knocked off a little bit. But the beauty is the more that that happens, the more we can kind of stay in that aligned place a little bit longer and a little bit longer and a little bit longer. But I I wrote the book really as to share my story. And so I'll be perfectly honest. I wrote the story. I told kind of the details of my journey through depression and burnout And I kind of shut down after that a little bit because I thought, whoa, what did you just do? You just let everybody know about all your, you know, all the dark places and oh my goodness. And and so I had to move back into that, into another journey of worthiness, you know, of what does it mean to be worthy just because you are? But it wasn't easy. and, And yet I think it's so important to share our stories because it helps us to realize that we're not alone. You know, we're never, ever alone. And when you are in your struggle, know that there are other people who have also struggled, maybe not in the same way, right? But the power of storytelling, it's amazing, right? When you hear somebody else's story and maybe you can relate to parts of their story or you can say to myself, yourself, oh, if she was able to move out of that, maybe I can too. And that was really the whole purpose of my writing the book, 
not to tell everybody about like all the stuff I went through. Only the only purpose of that was to say, look, this is where I started and this is where I am right now. And you can do it too. I really fully believe that because the reason I became a doctor was to alleviate suffering. And that's who I am as a human being. I cannot, it's still hard for me to watch people struggle and suffer. And so anything I can do as a physician, as a mother, as a woman, as another human being to help with somebody else's suffering, then I'm going to do it. Even if it means sharing my story of depression and burnout and suicidality and being hospitalized and blah, 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 blah. You know, because I'm not, I'm not that. That's just what happened to me. You know, it's just kind of what happened along the way. So if it can be helpful to even one person, then it's worth writing the book. Absolutely. And I'll make sure that's all in the show notes for anybody who's interested in listening or picking up physician care for yourself. Dr. Wei and I met through LinkedIn. So I would highly recommend that if her story touched you to connect with her on there. And, you know, I think it's just remarkable that I truly believe, too, with stories that that is the truest form of connection as human beings. It's why we tell them. It's why we want to hear them. It's why the facts that you remember about, you know, like, medical school class, it's the story. Yes. Not the slides that I remember. And so I think it's just so important to keep. And I just thank you for your courage and your bravery for showing up in the world and putting your words into the written form. And for coming on the podcast, I'm so glad to call you friend and colleague and, and podcast guest. Yes, thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you so much, Dr. Wei, for coming on the podcast and just sharing your story. I think it's so powerful whenever we can open up to other people and say like, hey, here's my scars. You got any too? And I feel like Dr. Wei, you have done that in such a beautiful and powerful way. Let's get to our kick of encouragement today. It is all about networking. I know it's the magical, mystical word networking with the magical, mystical power of expanding your horizons, boosting your potential and possibly filling your inbox with LinkedIn request. <laughs> At least that's what's happening to my LinkedIn, which is great. I love hanging out on LinkedIn. So many of the guests that you hear, we have made that connection because of LinkedIn. And I'll talk about the power of LinkedIn a little bit. But consider this a vote of confidence in your ability to network. You have a lot to offer the world. But if you're offering it to the same small circle, you're shortchanging the rest of us and yourself. We want to know you. Networking is so important and it is so underplayed in the physician world. Hell, we know like, well, we think we know a lot of doctors that work either in our network or in our office or in our hospitals. But there are so many other people in this world who need to know about you, the special magic that you put into this world. You need to know about them, the things that they are doing to change their life and their practice. And I think this podcast is all about that. It's my special effort to help you network, to meet others who are doing some really amazing things. And so reach out to them. I put all of the contact information in the show notes. They would love to connect with you. 
Because really, embrace this part of the grown-up game and choose to make it an adventure because networking can help open up potentials that you did not even know that are possible. So this week in the Burnt Out to Badass group, that's exactly what I'm making the group do. Each week, there's a lesson, there's a video, there's homework assignments, and then there's a badass challenge. And my badass challenge for this week was one, make a list of all the people in your network. And it should be a pretty extensive list. I mean, we're going to go all the way back to like, you can even list your kindergarten teacher if you want to. No, at least go back to like med school, training attendings, people you went into training with, uh, consultants, all of that sort of thing. And what I'm making them do is get their networking list together and then compose an email, not asking for a job, not like on your knees begging and pleading, but simply just starting a conversation. Because that's really what networking is. It's getting to know people, getting to like them, trust them, and then helping each other out to succeed. And so consider this your badass challenge as well to start growing your network because you never know which one of those LinkedIn thumbnails or email requests will turn out to be a picture of your new business partner or a happy hour buddy or a new BFF because you came on Dr. Me first. There's some scariness and some vulnerability about opening up and talking about who you are and what you want in the world. But guess what? You are only going to get the same results if you only keep doing the same thing that you're doing. And Facebook lurking and just like skimming over things does not work. Real conversations helps you move to a life that you love. An example I want to give you. So a couple of years ago when I was thinking about how do I make change my life? How do I do this? I was literally on LinkedIn typing in physician coach and I would see kind of like what would come up in that. And then I would make a connection with that person on LinkedIn. And then I would send them a personal message to be like, hey, I'm Aaron Wiseman, DO. I saw that you have this in your profile. I'd really like to get to know you. And in that year, I had no less than 150 Zoom conversations with random strangers. But you know what happened out of those? I got to know some really amazing people. The formations of the Physician Coaching Alliance started. Some of those people to this day are now my BFFs because I took the chance and just said, hey, I want to have a conversation with you. Now, did all of them turn out wonderful? No. Did any? Did all of them say, oh, yes, 100%, I want to be your connection? No. But the point is, the people that I was supposed to contact with, the people that resonate with me, the people who want to help me, I was able to make those connections but it wouldn't have happened if I didn't focus on networking. So that's one of the really cool things in the Burnt Out to Badass group. I give you real life, tangible things, not just like yuppie duppie mindset work, mantras. That's important, but real tangible skills on how to move yourself from burnt out to badass. And networking, my friend, is one of your single most powerful tools. And it's super scary. Because we feel like everybody should be coming to us because we've got MD or DO behind your name. But let me tell you, you have got to go out into the world and start having those conversations. So network, my friends. That's your kick of encouragement today. If you are scared to death, network with me first. Send me a real life personal email or personal DM 
and say, hey, I listened to this podcast and you're my first person that I'm in real life networking with and I will send you back the best gift that I can find. (laughs) I speak in Giphy, just so you know. But start doing that. Start networking with the guests here on Dr. Me First. I guarantee these are women and some men who'd be more than happy to have conversations and talk with you. And then as you gain a little bit more courage and a little bit more confidence, step those out to some people who are unknown. Because my friend, you are crafting a life that is going to be fundamentally different and so much more fun. In all of this, if you need anything, reach out. Get the Burnt Out to Badass group that's getting ready to start, the masterclass at the end of the month, which is totally free, and you just get to come hang out with me in real life. And remember, your life, your calling, your pulse matters. Heavy lids, one, two.